Hi, I'm Patrick Finley. He's Mark Podash Potsy. The Bears are getting their quarterback back this week. We'll talk about Justin Fields and more coming up on Hallis Intrigue. Think on your feet for our Fast and Curious 5K, a -a one-of-a-kind race hosted by WBEZ and the Chicago Sun-Times on Saturday, July 27th at Humboldt Park. More info and early bird registration at wbez.org slash events. Potsy, and somewhat of a surprise to me, um, Matt Eberflus came out on Wednesday and said straight up that Justin Fields was going to start against the Lions on Sunday. I'm not surprised he's starting, but I'm surprised they've been as transparent about it. We talked to Luke Getze on Thursday, and he said that he's ready to hit the ground running. What do you expect out of Justin Fields? Pardon the vague question. Well, I expect him to be rusty. I expect him to, uh, um, I don't know, have a tough time against a, a, a good a defense that will, I think will be better at, uh, at home mm-hmm. uh, in, in a tough environment. I guess what I'm saying is I think it's a tough environment for Justin Field to make a judgment. I, I think it's, uh, I, I hate to keep pushing it back, kind of kicking the can down the road, but um, I'm not sure if this is the fairest. Uh, everyone's talking about what's, what's, what's Justin Fields going to show in the last seven games. I don't think the first game is going to be a real good indicator, unless he's really good. Um, but I just have my doubts. But I just think because it's a tough, it's a, it's a tough game to come back in, let's put it that way. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think it's important. I think he's got he's to play well against good teams eventually in these next four games. will give uh, him and the Bears a chance to really show uh, – show where what direction they're headed yeah if it's not the toughest game he has left it's one of two the other being a road game in the cold against a Browns defense that might be the best in the league uh the rest of that though and you and I have talked about this off camera uh or off mic I guess the Bears schedule is pretty easy and you know there will be people I'm sure if Justin Fields beats up on the Cardinals and the Packers and the Falcons and some of these other teams uh, I think we have to be wary of a false positive, right? Uh, I agree 100%. That's why I say I don't think it's the last seven. I think it's the next four right. that are important, for not just for Justin Fields, but also just the Bears. They're playing four play- teams that are in the playoff hunt. And uh, and I know the, the uh, Browns do not have Watson, but uh, I still think they do have that defense, and I think it's going to keep them in there. Uh, and so the next four, you know, if the Bears go 0-4, and, and we've, seen, we've talked about this, we, we, uh, and, then, and then win the last three, that's, you know, that, uh, I don't think that's going to sell a lot of people on, on where the Bears are going. So I think it's important in these next four games to at least pull off one upset and also just look like they belong against these teams and avoid, um, you know, getting kind of blown out or just the decisive, you know, kind of like the Chargers game. They can't, they really can't, they really need to make a statement here. And I think that, so I'm looking at the next four games, not really the next seven. Um, because I think that's these next four where they really have to, uh, you know, make a statement. Or, or I think I think the direction of the Eberflus Bears will be more defined by these next four games than any for a, a, any uh, games that uh, we've seen so far. Yeah, no, I think that's true. Any stretch of games. And I mean, Matt Eberflus has never won an NFC North game, Potsy. I mean, like that's that's something he needs to cross yes. off his list sooner or later. Uh, their next three games are in Detroit, uh, in Minnesota, and then home Detroit. Uh, yeah. Right, correct. Um, and, and what, uh, what's interesting? Sorry to interrupt, but what's interesting about this is that you know we crap on the Bears a lot, and they deserve it. But this is the best the Bears will. The, this is the best fifty-three man roster that Matt Eberflus will have in his two years with right, the Bears. Right. I mean, he's missing. If Edmonds comes back, they are pretty much whole. Right. I mean, you've got Montez Sweat in his third game, his first full week. Um, Eddie, Eddie Jackson is back. Brisker is healthy. Um, 
like I said, Edmonds is the one guy. And their offensive line is as good as even last year they never played their best offensive line. Right. That's how bad it was last year. Uh, when you look at their top five, their best five-man combination, I would argue they never had played zero snaps last year. This year, same thing with Tevin Jenkins being out the first six games. So, or four or five, like five games, whatever it was. Uh, but anyway, now they get Nate Davis back. That pushes Tevin Jenkins uh, in, uh, to left guard into uh, Cody Whitehair's spot. This is the strongest uh, that, they're, that they've been uh, at two key positions, offensive line, defensive line. And Gakwe is, is now 10 games in. Um, so there should be optimism. I, I get the optimism. There, there, there's hope. Let's put it that way. There, th- this team can. I know a lot of people have given up on the Bears and Eberflus and are ready to move on. But they, this is their chance. That's why I say this is not just uh, uh, what they've done before. This, they're, they're better equipped to attack this part of their schedule than they've ever been. So I think there's reason to think that at least hope that they can do better. But, it, again, it will be defining. If they don't, you know, we'll know. Defensively, there's a formula now. And you can see it. You've been able to see it the last couple of weeks, which is you shut down the run and you take your chances in pass coverage. The Bears' pass coverage has not been great, but again, you know, uh, their defensive backfield hasn't really been whole. Uh, you know, now it is, you saw it a little bit against the Panthers, although none of us are trying to pass the Panthers off as a functional offense. But, you know, there's a world, if what makes the Lions so good is their ability to beat you in the run and the pass, right. if the Bears can find a way to make them one-dimensional, I mean, that, that's the formula, right? That formula should work. On the other hand, their pass defense has been most effective against Brian Hoyer and Aiden O'Connell and against a Bryce Young. Bryce Young. Really not ready. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and Kirk Cousins without Justin Jefferson. So um, uh, it has not been as good against, uh, against Justin Herbert. And Patrick Mahomes. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, so, but even just more Herbert more recently. And also I think, I think Herbert in that offense with the Chargers is a good cap for me uh, with Goff and the, and the Lions offense. So they have to be better. So they have to be better against, uh, against Goff than they were against Herbert, and that's really the test. Those other, to me, those other games against uh, the, the Raiders um, and, and, the, and the Panthers, that does, I mean, that's great, but it just doesn't, it doesn't tell me where they're going. This game will tell me what they are. This will define them and tell me what direction they're heading. Is there a world where Justin Fields provides the offensive spark that's been missing here to go along with a run game that keeps getting better, to go along with that physical offensive line? Uh, Is there a chance that the the playmaking ability that he has that I think uh, even your biggest Tyson Bajant fan would agree that Justin Fields has a playmaking gene that Tyson Bajant doesn't? Um, is there a chance that that combination of the best run game that we've seen from them this season, plus the O-line, plus a little bit of magic from Fields, can produce an offense that's that can win a game that you can win a game well, with? I would say yes. First of all, I, the, the Bajan ship has sailed. I think three weeks ago. I mean, right. uh, you know, that we saw that during like game two, we knew that the, that Fields was uh, was the, you know their better option. So, uh, but that said, uh, I think absolutely they can because hey, hey Fields. Um, said this all along I still believe it you know Fields is a good quarterback but he's he needs a lot of help yeah. and the Bears my argument is the Bears are in position now to provide him with that help they're 10 games in that's one thing their offensive line should be better than it's been even in the first game together it's still I think it still should be better um, 
and and uh, and and Fields has been better this year uh, overall. So um, so yeah, I think the potential is there. But like again, I go back to the same kind of theme: is that I think this this will define where he is. I think it's fair to to judge him by these next four games to see where he is. Maybe not the first one as much because of the rust factor, but after that. But yeah, it'll it'll be to answer your question. Yeah, he can. Uh, they can they can pull a surprise again, especially against a defense that gave up 38 points last week. So, you know, there, there's vulnerability there that a good offense, I think, can, can attack. You've mentioned the offensive line. Cody Whitehair, uh, I'm not sure that he's a worse football player than, than Lucas Patrick, but he had struggled enough with his snaps uh, against the Vikings that the Bears seem a lot more comfortable with him at guard. Uh, as we sit here right now, he is the odd man out, and he's going to be on the bench. This is a guy who, for eight years, has been professional, uh, with the Bears, he is somebody who's been moved around, and I would argue to you yanked around a couple of different times, namely as a rookie having to learn how to play center on six days' notice because they signed Josh Sitton. Uh, he's somebody who is beloved in the locker room, and now the Bears have decided that he's not good enough to start. I, I don't say this to trash Whitehair as much as uh, to point out that he's uh, he's been one of their anchors you know, yeah. the last eight years. Uh, are you okay with, with them going in this direction? You mentioned them putting the best five out alignment out there. Do you believe that Lucas Patrick's one of the best five alignment? Well, I'm not sure about that. I mean, I, I'm of two minds, I guess. And uh, Cody White here, A, you know, he's been around for a long time. He's been a true pro. He's been very effective. He made the Pro Bowl. He's done everything. Like you said, he's done everything he could. I really like him, and I really root for his success. So I want him to be good. That said, I think the reality is he's just not as effective in and of himself you know, with a with a with a line that's really good around him, that is has a lot of chemistry. He's he can you can go to the playoffs with him, and to me at guard or center. I mean, I think you can, but they're just not there yet. And and right now at at thirty one or whatever Cody is, um, uh, at this stage of his career, he just I, I just don't think I I think they they can do better. And frankly, and uh, whether that's um, I'm not sure if Patrick is that at center. I'm at, that might be six of one half dozen of another. Um, you know the, the the snap issue in the one game. I can't remember which one it was. Vikings game. Viking, that you know that obviously was a problem, and I think it's been a problem, and that's kind of the deciding factor, right? I mean, it's, right. Sounds like it. Um, so, uh, well, let's put it this way: in the off season, their number one concern, I think, as long as Braxton Jones continues to play well, uh, is going to be center. Yeah. They're going to be looking for a center, no matter what. So mm -hmm. you know that that's a point that's going to be to me. It's going to be a point of emphasis, but. Um, I don't think there's much difference between Cody Whitehair and Lucas Patrick. Not you know, not being an X and O guy, but I just feel like there isn't. But um, but definitely a guard. Uh, that's a strong guard combination. Tevin Jenkins has been really good. Uh, even when I notice it, and I don't watch film, and I can't, certainly can't grade up at the line. When I notice that he's how good he is, you uh, you know he's really made an impression. So. And, and uh, Nate Davis, you know, I'm trying to think. I can't even remember if he was good or not when he was in there. <laughs> All I know is he was a pretty accomplished uh, before he got here, and um, and they're paying him a lot of money, and I think, and I'm assuming he'll he'll be an upgrade over the long haul. And to me, the encouraging thing too is um, Nate Davis and Tevin Jenkins have recent histories. Any indication? One of the, I, I doubt both of them are going to make it the rest of the season without somebody getting banged up at least for a little bit. Having Cody Whitehair as the spare there yeah. is 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 a luxury. Uh, looking to, at the running backs. But wait, can I just interrupt? Oh, of you course. There? Yeah, because that said. I think this team needs continuity more than anything else in the line right now. I okay. think the way after two years, uh, especially now they've got look at what I think most people consider their best five. Yeah, next man up is great. Cody having a guy like Cody White here is is good. But you know something, this team needs the same five guys to play every snap. 
uh, which they've done very rarely, like maybe six or seven times in two years. And because they're not great, uh, they're not great. You right. know, they're, you don't have to be great to win a Super Bowl mm -hmm. in the offensive line. You have to be good together. And, right. and to get, be good together, most groups like this have to play together. Mm -hmm. And they, so I would say the number one thing is continuity right, right now. With the, now they've got all the pieces in place. Now they need continuity. So that, to me, depth is good, but the more important thing is, is continuity. And when you say they're not great, we're talking about a, a five-man unit that's got a first-round pick, a second-round pick, and that's it in terms of uh, any position you'd consider pedigree. Um, uh, at running back, at, at running back uh, Dante Foreman uh, dealing with an ankle and a shin problem uh, that he suffered on Thursday night. Khalil Herbert still got that ankle injury. Uh, to me, it seems like he will play. On Sunday, but I, I think I would have bet last week that he would have played against the Panthers, and it didn't happen. Um, do you think he's going to play? Number one and number two, how would you distribute the carries between the two? Well, you think that Herbert is due. I mean, just based on they, you know, he's been in this twenty-one day window. What two weeks now? This uh, is the second week. This yeah. is the second full week. Uh, you think it would happen? I, you know, I don't see enough to know just how how he's look, you know, how he's looking or whatever. So I'm I'm kind of presuming that he is ready to go. Um, I'm. I don't know. Uh, I'm not sure how much it matters how much they divvy it up. I mean, the last two years, the Bears have been pretty interchangeable with their running backs, it, no matter who's been here. And uh, they've all had the same kind of similar overall effectiveness. And um, so I think it's working. So I'll be honest, to answer your question, I don't think it matters that much. I don't think one is that much better than the other. You know, um, uh, Herbert, at his, Herbert, I think, has the highest ceiling, yeah. frankly. Uh, um, but in this offense, um, I don't think he really has had a chance to, to reach that. Yeah, but I, I think there's a home run hitting ability that he has yeah. that Dante Foreman doesn't. What I've been so yeah. impressed about with Foreman is I think his physicality is something that the Bears feed off of. I, I think that if you wanted to define what their personality is right now, that you'd probably point to Foreman and, and the way that he delivers blows when he runs the football. And, and they need that. But I think they also need somebody with a little bit of wiggle. And, well, they do. But yeah. the question is... Who needs a lot of who needs a lot of carries mm -hmm. to really hit their stride? I'll be honest, I don't know. I right. don't know if there's anybody who really needs maybe Roshan Johnson. If anybody, <laughs> seriously, right. the guy who didn't really get a lot in college, he seems like the kind of guy, one of those momentum building guys. I think at this stage, though, they're not ready to do. They're not in, in any shape to do that right now. He just got back from an injury. He's kind of been the odd man out. Uh, other guys are more productive, and you know, coaches just historically do not are not going to. Lose games now to win games later. Right. Uh, Especially so, this staff. Yeah, yeah, right. Right. They can't afford to. So, so I think the one guy I'd point to is a guy who would really benefit by by having more carries. I, I think uh, he's the one guy who probably won't get them. So, uh, but I say overall, you know, they've been running the ball even without Fields going crazy. They're still, um, you know, top five in rushing, first in yards per carry, mm -hmm. and so I think second in rushing yeah. uh, yards uh, per game. Uh, so uh, it's been working. So I think whatever they whatever they throw out there, I think is is, is going to work. It's going to be good enough against uh, uh, against Detroit. One of the predictions I made earlier the season that I'm willing to admit defeat on is, I thought by the second half of the season that Roshan Johnson would lead them in carries, and boy, I think a lot of bad would happen. <laughs> a lot would have to happen for that to come true, and it would probably be injury based because I, I think Foreman is is really proven that he deserves the ball even with everybody healthy and yeah, that, well that's been it not just the injury but other guys have stepped up yeah everybody in there has been pretty effective so um 
so, so I mean, so that's why that's why that happened uh, with Johnson. But yeah, it was definitely looking that looking that way. He's certainly the favorite guy, right? You know, they you know, they have had several guys that they love. Some of some of whom they've lost. Um, uh, Travis Bell and uh, I'll give you one, you know. David Montgomery. <laughs> David Montgomery uh, is is doing very well uh, with the Lions right now. I think it's I think it'd be foolish to argue that the Bears would be markedly different had they kept him, just given the success no. that the Bears have had at running back. But when one of your more prominent players leaves for uh, a franchise that you consider that that you know everybody in your fan base cons- considers a you know perennial doormat, was that a bad look? For the Bears, more than it was a, a fundamental problem. I mean, do you know what I mean? Yeah, you know, I'm not really sure what it means or whatever. Uh, it would surprise me, but um, I, the only thing I'll say, the only thing I can really, my only thought on that, I guess, is that David Montgomery defines the Bears' problem. They're all, they don't have a good offense. Right. It's not the quarterback. I mean, the quarterback is part of it, but it's not just any one position or any one facet of their. It's they just have, they just don't have a good, well-functioning well-designed uh, uh, offense. And that, I mean, I think that's proof because he's going into a, he went into a situation where they have a really solid offensive line mm-hmm. and uh, he's leading the league in, he's in, in rushing yards per game. Right. And uh, has many more, you know, 75-yard run, 42-yard run, things he didn't do in this offense. So I think what he's, I think, I think he, what he does, what his, uh, what he's doing this year does it defines the Bears' issue that's all, that's already pretty well defined is that they need an offense whether it's Justin Fields or or, or uh, uh, Drake May right. or Caleb Williams it's they they need whoever comes in here is going to need an offense and historically uh, uh, except for like maybe 2013 the Bears really haven't had that so I don't think Jared Goff is somebody that that uh, anybody would consider a quote-unquote franchise quarterback. But Jared Goff in an offense with good players around him is pretty good. And that, that and defines the issue as well. You put good, you know, you, you put good people around you, whether it's Mitch Trubisky or, or uh, Justin Fields or Jared Goff. Yeah. Uh, that, you know, the idea that you need the quarterback who lifts the team on his, on his shoulders, I, that's... I'm, uh, the way quarterbacking is going in the NFL this year, yeah. I'm not as big a believer in that as I used to be. Let's put it that way. I think there are fewer of those than we might have thought two years ago, probably. Well, yeah, too. absolutely. Yeah. I think that's. I think it's a, a worthy point uh, with, for a team that's chronically looking for a quarterback. Is that I think it tilts it now. Not to, I know we've kind of hijacked this conversation, but the discussion here. But I, I think it. Uh, I think the. I think the, mo- the main objective should be is just building the best offense you can get, getting the best offensive coordinator, getting. The best offensive line, you know, fortifying that maybe maybe they need another tackle. Who knows? Mm-hmm. But getting another receiver, you know, Marvin Harrison Jr. would look good. Um, so I think that's I think that's what the the whole Jason Goff Justin Fields discussion. I think that's what that that's what that illustrates. Jason Goff uh, does pre and post for the Bulls. Jared oh, Goff. Th- Jared Goff. Okay, sorry. Hi, Jason <laughs> Goff. By the way, hope you're well. Um, uh, Potsy, before we go, uh, let's get into predictions. Uh, both you, Jason Leisure, and I. Have got uh, the Lions, uh, Jason at thirty-one twenty-five, me at thirty-one twenty-eight, and you at twenty-seven seventeen. Uh, what's your rationale? Um, for me, it's like the uh, the path of least regret. Uh, I think the Bears have a chance to win this game and cover. Mm-hmm. Um, it's, but uh, the more likely event, I've seen too many times where, especially now with the Lions being really good at home. 
you I can see the game also getting out of hand. So, um, so I uh, I just see that as a greater possibility. But you know, it's the same. Pat is like every other game. You know, I could see the Bears winning. Yeah, you know, I could see a. Uh, it could certainly it wouldn't be a big upset. I think the only game that would be an upset maybe the Chiefs. Mm-hmm. And even then, and they they were kind of formative without. Right. Uh, well, Kelsey was playing, but he was just coming back. But anyway, even that might not have been a big. But other than that game, every game they you know they have a potential to win and they are well equipped to do it. But I also feel I also figure Fields will be rusty, a little mm-hmm. bit of rust, um, mm-hmm. and so so yeah. So I, I think uh, I, I can see it being like a seven to ten point game. And what's the line? Seven and a half. Yeah. yeah. And that, ladies and gentlemen, is why Mark Potash is five and five. He can see it either way. I'm five and five. Five and five, straight I, up. I must have been doing well because I think I was way behind. <laughs> You're rallying, Potsy. Yeah, um, yeah. That'll do it from here. Uh, Mark, we will be back uh, from Detroit on Sunday night. Until then, uh, you can follow Potsy, myself, and Jason Leisure on social media. Check us out on the Sun-Times website, on their app, and if you live in town, in newsprint. Uh, for Mark Potash, I'm Patrick Finley. Thanks so much for listening. We will be back again real soon. Hi, it's Terry Gross, the host of Fresh Air. We bring you in-depth, long-form interviews with actors, directors, musicians, authors, journalists, and more. Listen to our Peabody Award-winning Fresh Air podcast from WHYY and NPR.